Hello, this is Josh Gondelman. No, I'm sorry, I'm Josh Gondelman, and this is Make My Day, a comedy game show. The world is a stressful place to be, so every week I play a game with one guest who is guaranteed to win because they're the only contestant. Throughout our gameplay, I assign my guests points based on how much they cheer me up with each individual answer, and at the end, the winner and only contestant receives a $100 grand prize donation to the charity or cause of their choice. Uh, Then we each give a pep talk to a person or a group that we think needs it uh, in this moment, because this isn't all about me, it's just mostly about me. My guest today, I'm so excited, truly one of my favorite people working and and writing and talking about basketball or anything, is the Emmy-winning host creator of the series NBA Desktop. He's now the co-host of the NBA podcast Take Line and the host of the new series All Caps NBA, both for Crooked Media. Welcome to the show, Jason Concepcion. Thank you so much, Josh. It is a delight to be here and to be gazing upon your beautiful face. Thank you for that warm intro. What a delight. Oh, I mean, I try to only have people on the show that I want to be like, you've got to check this person out. (laughs) I feel like you can tell, like, when someone has a show that starts where they're, like, really excited about it, and then, like, they get to a point where it's like, uh, this guy, I don't know. I think he's on, like, Miami PD, whatever. You know, and that's, I've heard it's good. uh... (laughs) Yeah, I've heard a lot of good things. Your next guest, I've heard a lot of good things about. It's just like you can hear people like smashing delete on their iPhones. <laughs> Our game today is called The Thrill of the Take. Yes. Jason, you are well-versed in internet take culture. Thank you. The, for those who aren't familiar, the thing you think is good, it's bad. The thing you've never paid attention to, the most important thing. Today, Jason, I'll present you with some things that are widely considered bad, and I'll ask for your hottest takes on why they are actually good to cheer me up. As always, I will rate your answers based on creativity, accuracy, and how much they delight me specifically. Jason Concepcion, are you ready to play The Thrill of the Take? I am ready. Wonderful. First question. People often debate the merits of professional sports versus amateur competitions like the Olympics or the Mm -hmm. the NCAA basketball tournament, which is currently happening as we record. I'd like you to defend the scorching take that the best sports to watch are actually little league games. Well, it's it's so funny you ask ask this because (laughs) the Little League World Series, which is carried by ESPN, is actually a riveting (laughs) watch. The values that one learns in childhood are the things that stay with you uh, through the course of your life. These are some of the most existential questions that a person can ask, and you ask them at a very young age. Will I be loved? Will I be accepted? (laughs) Uh, Do I have a place in this world? And what is more pure and more riveting and more universal than watching children work through those existential questions on the baseball field It is amazing, it is uplifting, it is heartbreaking at times, but it is ultimately life-affirming in a way that no other sport is. So you're saying, like, if LeBron James eventually wins as many championships as Michael Jordan, he might be able to think to himself, am I the greatest of all time? But when a child participating in the Little League World Series makes or breaks a play, they're actually thinking, do I exist? Who am I? Yes. Imagine imagine you're uh, nine years old, you're on the field, mm-hmm. uh, high fly ball, left field, you lose it in the sun, it drops on the ground, and you're thinking, is my mom mad at me? You know, is my dad <laughs> mad at me? 
Is that not the most powerful thing that you could think of, the kind of feeling that that you would have in that moment? And I think that's what makes Little League uh, baseball so compelling. I think that's true. It's not about statistics. It's not about history. It is about, as you said, the existential questions of what it means to be alive and why do we persevere. Incredible answer. This answer is worth 171 points. Uh, That's like how many pages I assume (laughs) The Stranger by Jean-Paul Sartre is, the French existentialist. (laughs) Wonderful. Of course. Starting with 171, huge answer out of the gate. Next question. This is a tough one. Okay. Please tell me why we should celebrate wet socks. Oh, well, uh, you know, the the Romans had (laughs) a tradition when uh, t- someone would be named consul, would win the, uh, the uh, election for consul, and they would have two because it was a power-sharing agreement. And if that, if that person or a general then would win some great victory and they would uh, be allowed to have a parade through the city, um, someone would hold you know, the victory laurel over that person's head mm-hmm. while also whispering into their ear, remember, you are a man, you are not a king. And I think wet socks, what they do is they remind you, you are... A human being, you have needs. You need to feel warm. You need shelter. You need to have a healthy, strong body. And in the most benign but also insistent way, wet socks remind you of your body, that it has Mm -hmm. needs, that you are a person rooted in this world. Every step you take reminding you of that, not in a way that's, you know, going to damage you health-wise going forward, but in a way that you can't ignore and that you have to confront and you have to think about. And ultimately, through that, you will grow. That's beautiful. Wet socks keep you grounded. Yes. They they push you on the path forward. That's they right. stop you from, from losing track of, like, who and what you are on this earth. That's right. That's right. That's beautiful. This answer is worth CC points. That's 200 in Roman numerals. <laughs> <laughs> I think C's 100, right? We yeah, do that right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we got it. Yeah, we got it. Incredible. We Great that. answer. Just Thank you bri- so much. history, socks, laurels, all yeah. the things we love on the show. <laughs> uh, that's imagine how good your life would have to be to need a reverse hype man. Yes, I mean that's that's really when things are going incredibly well, where yep. everybody around you has to say, "Listen, these." Make sure that this person just chills. You're just a man. You're not a a king. That's, yeah, yeah, just Roman entourage would have been awesome. (laughs) 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 Oh, excellent. Next question. Please state the case for why Mm -hmm. Ringo Starr is the greatest Beatle. Oh, I mean, it's simply simply rhythm. You know, everything falls apart Mm -hmm. without it. Uh, you don't notice it until it's gone. Here's the thing about a drummer that a drummer needs to do. Does he, does the drummer need to overwhelm you Neil Peart style with fills and uh, and flourishes? No, they need to keep that solid beat. They got to keep you moving. They got to keep the band on track. That's the spine. That's the pulse. It is all well and good to have... Uh, the wonderful vocals of John Lennon and Paul McCartney blending in this kind of like angelic way. But if it's built on a foundation of mush Mm -hmm. that has no ability to drive you forward, to drive the listener forward, to propel you, then what are we really doing here? The drums are the foundation. You have 
two stars in the Beatles, John Lennon and Paul McCartney, and you have mm-hmm. uh, George Harrison, who is, a, you know, a star in his own right, but certainly like a, a, a lesser star than those two. Mm-hmm. That fourth person needs to not need the spotlight, and Ringo didn't. Ringo did all the things that those three other people didn't do. So you're saying if Ringo Starr was a more virtuoso drummer, yes. would have torpedoed the band? It's too much dip on the chip. <laughs> it's just too much dip on the chip. You've yep. got to highlight those other things that are happening, and he allowed that to happen. That's beautiful. And really, I, I actually legitimately love. I mean, some of my earliest, and this is like no bullshit, some of my That's earliest okay. memories are just like staring at Beatles records that my parents owned and being like, who are these people? I just knew that it seemed uh, so wonderful to be working in whatever uh, environment this was with four, with three other creative people, and I just totally. tried to imagine myself doing that. Oh, that's wonderful. I love that answer. Gosh, man, this answer, whew, this is worth 145 points. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's, that's the, the lowest position any Beatles song <laughs> charted that was released as a single, 145. So <laughs> no problem. Uh, Next question. Why should people like being stuck in traffic and or waiting in line? Um, You know, the modern world is nonstop. Mm -hmm. We are bombarded all the time. Notifications, calendar notifications, text messages, DMs, calls, Zoom messages. Uh, It's just a constant hamster wheel. And I think technology, the the way that we interface with technology today in in our current lives makes it so that barrier between our time, our personal time, and uh, the time we give to the world is just eroded almost to nothing. Mm -hmm. And these moments where life intervenes and says, no, you stop. Mm -hmm. Literally, I'm going to stop you right here. You're going to stare at this woman in the back of her head. As she, uh, as she bizarrely pulls out a check and begins <laughs> to fill it out. You've never sure. seen it. When's the last time we've seen a check? This is amazing what you're seeing. Or, you know, you're stuck on the five. You're stuck on the one-on-one. You're stuck on some freeway somewhere else in America waiting to move. When life intervenes like that, it's telling you, take this moment to just take stock of who you are, where you are mm-hmm. right now in this moment. That's really wonderful. I agree. I love the idea of of traffic or even just like a line at a grocery store being, uh, but especially traffic, being like a place you are alone, but definitively part of a community, right? Like if there's no community, there's no traffic. That's right. And we're so isolated by the world now, you know, you know, the fact that I'm, I'm seeing you through a screen. Totally. Um, You've got to understand and acknowledge that you're part of a broader community Mm -hmm. while you are accountably and definitively yourself. Yes. And enjoy that moment. Yes. Even if you just want to be like, merge! <laughs> Come on! <laughs> Come on. But you just got to center yourself. Yes, you've got to right. be... You've got to be your own entourage in that moment. <laughs> that's right. Yo, d- hey, yo, no signal? <laughs> Vince, you, this guy's not signaling? Okay. All right. Mama, come on. A perfect answer. This yeah. is 106 points for the 101 plus the 5. I love that answer. Perfect. Next question. I would like you to to earnestly recommend one movie that most people hate and explain why we should enjoy it in a way that's not like it's so bad it's good. Not like The Room, but just something that you're like, no, we need to reevaluate and reassess. 
Star Wars The Phantom Menace. Now, wow. it's, it's bad. It's a bad movie with some of the worst dialogue I think mm-hmm. ever written. That said, you need to really kind of think about how important it is, one, as a brand vehicle and how it really set the stage for the explosion of IP in the entertainment industry that we're seeing mm-hmm. today, right? The, the idea then in, two, in the year 1999 that we could go back to Star Wars? We could right. do that again? Mm-hmm. We would go back and do that again. That's landmark. That had never happened, right? That it, the, the idea that you could go back to a, to a universe that had essentially been finished, the story had been finished in everyone's eyes, and do it again and create more things from that is obviously the thing that is the kind of like overarching theme of, of modern entertainment from Marvel to uh, Game of Thrones, to mm-hmm. Harry Potter, to all these other uh, stories that are now being mined for different the different pockets within its world. That started with The Phantom Menace. Yeah, that's huge. It's like, it's like listening to a band at the beginning of a genre, like yes. where you're like, this, the, this guitar player was just legendary, like was doing things no one else did. That's and right. then you listen and you're like, he's just playing a bunch of like... Everyone does this now. Like, yeah, but, but, right, right. but then. But at that time, yes. it's kind of like the Velvet Underground. You know that's, uh, that uh, <laughs> that that uh, quote about how the Velvet Underground only like uh, five thousand people bought their record, mm. but all of them started bands. It's kind of like that with the Phantom Menace. Only if the movie like grossed hundreds of millions of dollars <laughs> right. and was extremely popular throughout the world. It's like only eleven people liked the Phantom Menace, but right. all of them monetized a dormant intellectual property. <laughs> right. <laughs> All of them became uh, f- uh, became major executives mm-hmm. at film studios. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great answer. Uh, ninety nine points for nineteen ninety nine. So much. No I, question I about that. it. Next question. Yes. John Waters has famously yeah. said that if you go home with someone and they don't have any books, don't sleep with them. Please defend the romantic potential of people who do not read. Not people who cannot read. This isn't, we're not looking down our nose at people with learning disabilities or or anything like that. People who could, but are just like, not for me. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like, yeah, turning the pages. Here's People who fast forward through the beginning of the Star Wars movies because (laughs) it's it's too much like a book. (laughs) Get to the pictures already. Um, uh, you know, simply, let's put aside, like, reading, not reading for a second. What is more sacred? What is more beautiful? What is more life-affirming than the touch of another human being mm-hmm. who wants to be touched, who, who, who wants to share that part of them with you? Um, listen, someone who doesn't read, who doesn't have the time for that? I'm imagining someone who's present in life in so many other ways. Why would you deny that energy? Why would you pass up an opportunity to be part of a beautiful union with another mm-hmm. person? Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think of a of a reason to do it. And listen, I love I love the work of John Waters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's a fantastic artist, and I think he's one of the brightest and most trenchant cultural commentators of that, that we've had in the United States of America. But I think it's important to allow people in, people from all different uh, kinds of walks of life who like things and dislike things and uh, that are different than you. And if in the course of that exploration, you should come across a person who maybe is not uh, all that into books, 
mm-hmm. but is uh, but is a wonderful person in other ways, and they're attracted to you, and you're attracted to them, and they let you be a part of them in a really sacred and beautiful way. I don't think that there is anything that could be more beautiful. John Waters, I disagree with you on this, but I agree wow. with you on so many other things. An incredible deft answer. Everyone who doesn't read books should memorize that and say it to everyone who comes home to their apartment and they're like, huh, where's your bookshelf? And they're like, bookshelf? I've been staring at sunsets. I've been savoring risotto. I've been finding communion in the touch of another human's embrace. (laughs) That's right. Have you really looked at a forest and understood it mm-hmm. and understood what it's saying to you, that mm-hmm. it's a it's a beauty that you can take in but that you cannot own? Do you understand what that means? And all of a sudden, it's like I'm tumbling into bed and I don't yeah. even care that there's uh, no bookshelves anywhere in sight. No, no bookshelves, bigger bed, more comfort. <laughs> <laughs> Just taking in the sensory experience yes. of this world. Yes. Yeah. This is going to... Um, bring so many nearly curtailed romantic encounters <laughs> back on the tracks. I think I this is so. a, a great service you've done to reading denialists. Yeah, <laughs> uh, find this answer on audiobook or clip this mm-hmm. from the podcast. Clearly, I'm not going to I'm not going to write it down or tweet it, no. but uh, you'll find the audio version of that and hopefully it'll find the people it needs to find. Yeah. Right. Right, right, right. The, through their ears. Through their ears. The right. way the way the way God intended people to consume <laughs> information. <laughs> Incredible. This is just worth 250 points for all the books on a bookshelf that this person does not have and will not read. Thank you for that generous scoring. Of course. Next question. Yes. What are the advantages of joking under pressure? I mean, there's so many. Josh, <laughs> let me, uh, as a way to answer this, let me turn this around. Have Please. you, as a, as a comedian, yes. as a wonderful comedian who I've seen uh, many times live and it made me laugh so many times, have you ever bombed? Oh, yeah, for sure. So you've bombed in front of a crowd. Yeah, you definitely. You wanted it to work. It didn't mm-hmm. work. And you were met with silence in that moment. Yeah. But what is the main lesson here there's another set there's another day Mm -hmm. you're gonna wake up tomorrow and yes that's gonna sting and you're gonna wish it didn't happen Mm -hmm. but it did happen and it's a reminder that life is renewal Mm -hmm. we can keep moving forward yeah you missed that shot yeah you missed that putt yeah you uh you're in the final uh circle in Fortnite of call or call of duty Warzone, and and you lost Yes, you bombed on that stage, Mm -hmm. but it's not the end of it, and it never will be. You can move forward. You can keep going. You can try again, and that's the beauty of life. Listen, everybody fails. Everybody. Never, ever, ever believe anybody who says that they didn't choke because everybody has. We all Mm -hmm. have. We choke every day. I choke every day in various ways throughout the course of my day. I choke. I choke at uh, returning texts. Yep. I choke at uh, reading emails that I should read. Mm-hmm. And yet, what do I do? I internalize that lesson. I'll read it next time. I'll be better. I'll be a better person when I open up my laptop, when I open up my phone, when I wake up in the morning. Choking is an opportunity to get better as a human being. That's right. And when you when you come through, right, when you're victorious through the pressure, 
you don't feel that clean slate to improve, right. right? What you have is the is the pressure to repeat, right? To yes. to reiterate. I wish we could go not back in time because it's kind of a fictional time <laughs> that we created. I yes. wish we could travel through time and space and tell this to all the kids at the Little League World Series who lose <laughs> that we mentioned right. earlier because this is for them. Yeah, right? it's 100% for them. Yes. You're at the beginning of your life. Enjoy it. Limitless potential for growth when you start at the bottom. That's right. Beautiful. This answer is worth 200 points because it's like you could, you're you you're starting from nothing. You're going to go back to 100% and then another 100% from there. <laughs> Thank you once again for, for that generous scoring. Let me just say something that really resonated with me is that, that – uh, you're so right, that feeling of, oh, wow, I, I really killed that, is mm-hmm. so often, you know, the, the joy from that lasts, I don't know, five minutes, maybe ten minutes. Yeah. Uh, and then immediately thereafter is, how did I ever do that in the first place, and how do I do it again? Mm-hmm. And, oh, my God, the pressure to do it again is so if immense. I, if I do it again, people will be like, he's just doing the same thing yeah. again. Yeah. I would say the joy from something good happens lasts until you start responding or until you finish responding to the congratulations text. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then once you finish, once you like scroll up to the end of your text, you're like, oh no, life has resumed. <laughs> yes, I don't know. Can we just stop there while I'm ahead? Can we pause yeah, roll, it? roll credits. <laughs> yeah, roll it now. <laughs> um, excellent answer. As we've established, 200 points. Final Thank question. So mm-hmm. Conventional wisdom dictates that it's uncouth to speak ill of the dead. My personal hot take is that it's great to talk trash about dead people. You'll never hurt their feelings and they won't try to fight you. Please take this opportunity, should you care to, to drag the name of any currently dead person of your choosing through the mud. For all the authoritarians who have passed away, Mm -hmm. for all the racists who are no longer with us, Mm -hmm. uh, for all the, uh, you know, the uh, war criminals... And just all around bad people who have ever exploited anyone in their lives and then died, even if people love them in their life, I just like to say, and respectfully. Respectfully, of course. This is a respectful program. Fuck all of you. <laughs> that was concise. It was powerful. Fuck all of you. <laughs> all of the authoritarians, the racists. I think this is a wonderful catch-all. So yeah, yeah, Hitler, fuck off, man. Fuck that guy. <laughs> fuck that guy. Come on. What a piece of shit that guy is. And you know what? If we didn't keep talking shit about him, people would be like, wait, wait, was he good? Because it seemed like there are people who like him right now in this world. Yes. They're out there. Great. And you have to be able to say, and you have to have the courage to say, and you have to have the strength and conviction to say, Man, fuck that. That guy fuck sucked. That guy. <laughs> yeah, you can't just be like, oh, well, he, mean, he means a lot to you. I just want to let you process right. this and have this grief. <laughs> nope, fuck no. that guy. Absolutely not. Amazing. This answer's worth 180 points. Wow, thank you so much. Again, You're welcome. so generous. That is the end of our game of The Thrill of the Take. Your final score is 1,351 points. The highest all-time score in Make My Day history. How do you feel? Feel, I feel lighter. I feel wonderful. I feel I would have felt great if my score was zero just because I got to have this time with you, Josh. Thank you. I, I feel the same, but I would not have hung you out to dry on the show like that. 
Um, well, that's wonderful. As this week's champion, you have won a $100 grand prize donation to the charity or aid oh, cause wow. of your choice. Where would you like to allocate those funds? Let's uh, send it to Ground Game LA, a grassroots mm-hmm. uh, organizing uh, group that is trying to build a pr- more progressive Los Angeles. It's wonderful. A, a great cause. I think listeners are familiar with it. It's wonderful. And I'll put all the information for it in the, in the show notes and, and on the social media. A great choice. And finally this week, the pep talks. We will each give a pep talk to a person or group or thing that we think needs it or deserves it this week. I'm going to go first. In the theme of hot takes, my pep talk is for Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew. People love to talk trash about Mountain Dew, more than Mm. other sodas even. And yes, I understand that Mountain Dew is often consumed while sitting in a gaming chair and then urinated out the same color into the bottle it was guzzled from. Who cares? It's not like Pepsi tastes so good and is so good for you. Sprite has athletes in the commercials, but if they drank Sprite during games, they would be carried off on stretchers as their bodies invent new types of cramps to have. Mountain Dew, you are who you are. You look neon yellow, you taste neon yellow, and you make people feel neon yellow when they drink you. Even your other flavors are honest. Mountain Dew, your corporation, you make a product called Code Red, which is the name of the violent intramilitary beating in the film (laughs) A Few Good Men. That's what Mountain Dew is. It's an extrajudicial punishment you inflict on your body, but so is Coca-Cola, and it pretends to be refreshing Sorry, no thanks. You're full of shit, Coke. Most of the people who make fun of Mountain Dew are no better than Mountain Dew. They just sense that you're different and they use you to work out their own insecurities. And that habit is as gross as Fresca tastes. Excuse me, but a diet grapefruit soda? That's like Goop's idea of what normal people think a dessert is. (laughs) Mountain Dew, you get a bad rap because you refuse to hide what you are. Weapons grade sugar water with no nutritive qualities but I respect you for living your truth. So you keep fueling Fortnite tournaments and slumber parties and late night drives past a graveyard just for thinking. And I know that thanks to your unholy combination of food dyes, you'll never let anyone dim the light that's inside you. (laughs) Jason, the floor is yours for a pep talk. Thank you so much. Uh, What a beautiful uh, pan to Mountain Dew. Thank you. Um, This is for carbs, carbohydrates, specifically bread and and pasta. What food stuff has been as demonized in recent years as you, the humble carbohydrate, a mostly starchy sugar that, yes, has a lot of calories, but also uh, provides energy? Let me just put my hand on your shoulder, bread, and just ask you to to look back, look behind you. You see that? That is a lineage that stretches to the dawn of human endeavor. You are grains that were plucked from fields, from wheat, from this magical plant that that the early humans didn't know what it was. And from that, we created bread and you lifted us up. Would we have cities, societies, even towns or villages without the humble grain ground down to make bread? I don't think so. I, I, I would say no. You've always been there and you'll be there till the end. And you've been there in the beginning. 
At the very beginning of things, when people were were running through the woods, hoping to find deer and thinking, God, how long can I keep doing this? I'm, you know, I, I'm 20 years old, but that's old for a cave person because we all die, our teeth fall out and we all die at like 25 because I, I break my ankle and next from chasing a wildebeest and next thing you know, I can't go on any further. But then grains were there and all of a sudden you could, you could stay put. You could plant them in a garden. Next to the garden, you could have your house. Next to your house, you can have a barn. Next to the barn, you can have another house for your children and your family and your extended family. And now you have a community. Look at what you've created, Carbs. Be proud of it. That's wonderful. Thank you. As a, as a carbohydrate appreciator that spoke to my heart, I think I think people listening will take a lot from that. I, and any grains listening will take a lot from that. Um, I, if people are playing their this podcast for their crops, I think that, that <laughs> as they should, honestly, as they should, it, as they should. I think science says that's the thing to do, and exactly. that's been wonderful. That's been our show. I'm your host, Josh Gondelman. This has been Make My Day. Thank you once again to this week's champion, Jason Concepcion. Jason, where can people find you and your work? You can find uh, Take Line every Tuesdays wherever you get your podcast. Please rate and review us. Five star ratings. We really, really, really appreciate it. And then uh, check out All Caps NBA, a, a satirical and comedic look at the NBA through the lens of the internet every Friday on YouTube. Wonderful. Just some of the best sports coverage out there. Ah, so fun. Thank you, Josh. I really uh, appreciate You're welcome. Just like a, a, a joy and, and like affirmative of what is to enjoy about sports. If you're looking to donate to Jason's charity of choice, it's Ground Game LA. I'll, I'll once again put the information out there for anyone looking. If you have your own answers to today's game of the thrill of the take, tweet them at me at, at Josh Gondelman or at Make My Day Pod. And that's the show. Make My Day is a Radio Point production produced by Houston Snyder and Naomi Steinberg, recorded and edited by Kat Iosa, executive produced by Alex Bach, Rich Corson, and Daniel Powell. If you like the show, Please rate and review it as highly as your conscience allows. A five-star review really helps. We'll be back next week. Until then, have several nice days. 